thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. And today, we actually have a very special guest. Uh, we have um, Jason T. Smith. He's a widely traveled entrepreneur, author, speaker, physiotherapist, and humanitarian. So it's a very interesting thing because we get this all the time. Um, patients, clients, everybody always ask us, what's the difference between chiropractors and physiotherapists? Now, three of us are obviously chiropractors, and we thought we'd bring in a physiotherapist to kind of talk a little bit about, well, the difference between the two and um, to show that we actually don't hate each other. You know, there's a, this <laughs> myth, I think, that goes around that physiotherapists hate chiropractors. I'm sure there are some, and there are chiropractors who hate physiotherapists. I really think that uh, that's a myth as well. So let's uh, debunk that, and uh, welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, gentlemen. It's great to be on the show, and it is a good, it's a, a pretty regular question we all get asked, I'd imagine, the differences between the two of us, so looking yeah. forward to it. Well, Jason, you have uh, written, you're an international number one bestseller uh, with your book called Get Yourself Back in Motion. Um, it's called The Physio- Se- Physiotherapist's Secret to Pain Relief and Optimal Health. Let's, let's talk about why you wrote that book and how you got started with it. Well, the book was uh, written after about 10 years of working in the consulting room with clients using a uh, an integrative approach to holistic health, which actually is a little unique in physiotherapy. We've mostly been a fairly traditional model of uh, reactive healthcare, treating pain and injuries and not necessarily worrying about the uh, the bigger picture of health. And after a decade of building a whole team of professionals around me who were like-minded in this regard, we thought it was about time to put it in print and start empowering our patients in that journey. And uh, fortunately for us, that's been w- really well received. So, uh, you know, how, what's your model, Jason? How does your model differ from, I guess, uh, what people are used to seeing out there when they go and see a physio? For 100 years, physiotherapists have largely taken the, uh, the pain relief model of health. And I, and I don't think that's especially unique. And probably I wouldn't even necessarily want to criticize it in, in the first instance. But it's, it's, it's a reactive model. You know, when, when people hurt or, or get broken, we try and fix them. And that's, uh, that's always acting after the event. In our case, it's taking not just the preventative model of health, but really a quantum leap further forward on that. It's helping to promote optimal performance in physical function for people. And our model is really geared to helping those perform at their best. So that means we're not waiting till it hurts or waiting till it gets broken. We are actually empowering our patients in all of the dimensions of what it means to be well. Uh, hence, we, get, we you know use the term integrative physiotherapy, which is very common. I mean, integrative medicine and understand you guys, integrative chiropractors. Um, yeah. It's really congruent with that whole model of performing at your best. That's so true, Jay. So look, we, you know, all three of us would consider ourselves to be in that wellness bundle where we would uh, look at not only the spine to uh, to help people out, but we'd talk about diet, lifestyle, exercise, mindset, all of those sorts of things, which is, of course, what you speak about in your book as well. And so, Jace, you know, we, we spoke earlier on 
um, just briefly about your, your book and how you've got a model of health and wellness, um, which is it, is, it is unique to physiotherapists because generally, as you said, physiotherapy has been about rehabilitation and repair and, and restructuring of, you know, torn cartilage or ligaments or muscles or whatever the injury might be. And you guys do a great job at that sort of thing. And it's really interesting for us as chiropractors to see physiotherapists now move into the wellness sphere, which we think is really good because that means that more people get that wellness message. That means we're going to get less sick people, which is a great thing. Where do you start with getting people well? I mean, wellness as a concept really needs to start with the practitioner. And I think, you know, what you've just referenced there is a historical approach in traditional physiotherapy that I'm looking to challenge. And I think uh, we're effectively changing in our own practice. But it starts with the practitioner, because if we think differently about how we can advocate for health, then of course, our patients presumably are going to take notice of that and, uh, and they can be coached through it. In, in terms of the more pragmatic answer, uh, the Back in Motion Health Group, which is, which is really the, the movement I've founded, is using what we call results for life. And results for life is a, is a wellness model that takes our patients through seven key stages of their health journey. And uh, it's not particularly linear. I mean, patients uh, are going to go through uh, all sorts of ups and downs over the journey of life. But it, it does start firstly with that thorough diagnosis or that thorough discovery of what it is people want out of life, what their physical capabilities are currently, what their past history has limited them around, and really getting an, an understanding of what their goals are. And from there, we build a plan with them or what we call a roadmap around holistic health. And, uh, and then that takes us into many different dimensions, uh, all of which uh, in and of themselves can be you know, quite lengthy conversations. Of course, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where we talk about getting people strong and healthy, um, there's obviously a number of you know, things that we need to do. And, uh, and, and you, in your book, talk about um, making, maintaining core, looking at you know, core stability, core strength. You also talk about um, making sure that you're, you're correctly lifting. You also talk about making sure your feet are good and you've got good posture in your feet. You talk about posture in the whole of the body. You know, you, you look at all of those biomechanical, structural, I suppose, approaches to keeping people well. Um, in terms of diet, do, do you guys look at anything in particular there with diet or are you more mainly concerned with biomechanics with these guys and girls? Well, physiotherapists really, I mean, our expertise is in human movement. Yeah, and yeah. You know what what we are good at, and what we have um, made it our business to know is how the the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone, and how, how all of the linkages do take effect. And it's muscles, it's nerves, it's joints, it's how that all comes together in static and dynamic posture. And so, really, that's that's where we want to spend the majority of our time. But obviously, we have a great appreciation for the bigger picture of human. Uh, human performance and so diet, nutrition, sleep patterns, uh, hydration, the, the, the mental health aspect of what it means to be well and do well. They are all very important aspects. They probably sit a little around the periphery of the core of what we do. But, and, and I think it's important that we know when to refer on and bring other health practitioners for whom that is their expertise but an, a good integrative physiotherapist and, and certainly any of the practitioners trained in the back-in-motion model, we expect them to be able to give 
good advice, sound principles around nutrition, around what it means to uh, to be well in that broader context. And so it is taking it a step further yeah. from where a traditional physiotherapist would have really just pushed where it hurt, given an exercise to, to rehabilitate it and hope that uh, that would have done the trick. You know, previously, well, we would consider that a very... Um, a very narrow approach. And so we rely on a, a broader team now to give the patient the best outcome. Nice. So, Jason, what are what are the most common sort of problems you're seeing? You know, in our, in our modern society, I think we're sort of creating a very specific set of problems. But what, what are the stuff that you see most commonly and, and why do you see that happening? You know, it's funny. You know, when I started practicing, which was, you know, 13 or 14 years ago, uh, we certainly uh, were seeing a real uptake in, in the sedentary worker who was just suffering with more and more postural dysfunction and neck and back pain. I mean, traditionally, physiotherapists have been very involved in the sporting athlete, the industrial uh, work cover or work, work-related work injury client, the manual labourer. But there's no doubt that um, as we live in this fast-paced society where technology really does control us, we have become more sedentary. And so a lot of the conditions we're managing are really those uh, insidious onset uh, musculoskeletal disorders that aren't necessarily event-based, but are postural and lifestyle-based. And so in plain English, that's still neck pain. It's still back pain. Uh, we get a lot of knees, a lot of shoulders, and, and that becomes the, um, the mainstay of our, I guess, of the core presenting problems. But the, the exciting part is in how we manage them. The way we manage those, those conditions now is completely different. All evidence-based with supporting literature coming out every year that we are moving in the right direction around this and giving patients more control over their own lifestyle factors, which, of course, helps to um, give them long-term results. So, Jason, one of the things that obviously, you know, the way you describe things is obviously different um, than, I mean, like our profession, like chiropractors, not everybody um, is a wellness chiropractor. They're not everybody focused on the same thing. And I assume that that's the same as your profession as well. Not everybody thinks like you. And you said that in your models that you to start off with, you have to be a, is a you know, clinician driven type of model. And that person has that right, had the right intention. Just a curiosity, what's the percentage of people would you find in physiotherapy in your profession that think like you or using your model to kind of enhance um, patients' care? You would have to take pity on them if, uh, if there's too many out there who think like me. Um, <laughs> but but, but broad, broadly speaking, uh, to be honest, guys, I haven't actually really come across anybody who introduces or recognizes themselves under this terminology of an integrative physiotherapist or even a wellness physiotherapist. That, that sort of nomenclature or description has not taken up within our profession. I think it still really is early days for the broader profession to be coming to terms with this. And as a whole, the industry has continued to grow uh, on, on a strong basis of its traditional rehabilitation approach. And so many probably don't even see a great need or demand to change. But my conviction is that we have discovered a better way. My, con my, my view is that this holistic approach is in fact progressive. It is uh, evidence-based and it is getting patients better results. And so it will only be a matter of time. And you know, maybe you know, my predictions are that over the next 10 years, 
where there will be a real movement amongst physiotherapists, no pun intended, where they will start to adopt this more wellness paradigm. And I think that is just great for healthcare. That is great for patients. And, and you know, I guess the interesting thing is the more progressive evidence-based wellness physiotherapists probably don't look all that different from their peer equivalents of those progressive evidence-based wellness chiropractors. I mean, we're starting to converge a little if we're all effectively studying and wanting to, um, uh, wanting to advocate for the same human body. And I think that's exciting because we get better collaboration. Agreed. Absolutely. I agree with that for sure. And, you know, there's there's people that just go to physios because they love physios and others that go to chiros because they love chiros and never the trains will meet. But it's nice that we're all getting on the same page, which is which I think is really good. Now, there's a few things. There's one of the one of the uh, chapters in your book which I I opened up to, and uh, I really liked the title of it, "Looking Good in Lycra." I think that's uh, that's quite good. At my age, getting close to forty, you know, I'm one of those blokes who wants to get on a bike and put lycra on. It's uh, you know, it's those, it's my midlife crisis potentially. Um, but what I'm what I'm wondering is where does where do people start? You know, do they need to wait till they get a pain before they actually start doing something that's integrative and you know good for their body? You know, how can people notice that things are changing do they have to be in pain i hope not and, and that's the whole point i mean the reason we wrote the book is to encourage people that health needs to become their priority and we want to redefine health you know my my whole ambition here my whole aspiration is to redefine for patients and and just the broader community of what health is all about and if it's waiting till you're in pain or waiting till you've injured yourself then clearly we have all left it way too long. And so, you know, the chapter looking good in Lycra, uh, you know, in, in, a, in an environment where there is just millions of Google links to exercise literature, it's, it's really an interesting proposition to think, could anything new be said about exercise and about physical activity? And so my message in that chapter is very simple, and, and that's that you don't have to be a gym junkie. You don't have to be working out seven days a week. You don't have to be bench pressing, you know, double your body weight. Exercise and physical activity is not about necessarily running faster, jumping higher or looking better. It is actually about conditioning your body for your lifestyle. And therefore it's totally geared to your needs. And it's about living longer and living better in the process. And I think everybody could do something about that today. And that's the exciting part. No matter what age, no matter what your past history of exercise compliance has been, even if you are in pain today, everybody can do something about that. And I think that just bodes well for better health. That bodes well for people uh, you know, making progressive steps forward. And, uh, and that's exciting for patients to hear. And I, and I see the relief on their face when they realize it's, it's not about breaking world records or, or becoming a, an Olympic champion. It's about just being active and therefore not dying in your chair. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess point. the way we like to look at it, Jason, is about, you know, is about more than just not dying. Like it's about you know, achieving that optimal performance, whatever that means for you. And so, you know, we really like to see people sort of push themselves that little bit further as well. And, and like I said, it's not just about then avoiding symptoms, but about getting to that, getting to that peak, I guess. And so do you think there's a risk then that if you're, if you're just sort of doing the minimum to not die, that you're actually not going to be able to be awesome? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that is the, um, 
the current mindset. People are really just surviving, not necessarily thriving. And when I look at uh, the Back in Motion Health Group's whole philosophy and, and the theme that runs through this book that we've written, it really is that we want to encourage people toward optimal lifelong physical health, which is exactly what you've just referenced. And so it's, a, it's about tailoring it, though, to their world. It's about understanding what their, their aspirations in life are and not necessarily giving them a one-size-fits-all or just a, a, you know, a mouthful of statistics about what, what's probably going to kill them, but helping them shape a lifestyle of not just activity but food and sleep and postural control and early intervention around, their, uh, around any injuries they do sustain so that they can do exactly what you've just advocated for, and that is exceed the expectations of what otherwise their peers or, or general family members are doing and beat the curve, beat the curve on health. And, of course, the great beneficiary of that is them. They are the, they are the ones who stand to reap the rewards of that disciplined life. So, Jason, tell us um, from your point of view, if we're going to talk about sort of exercise and moving them towards that optimal health um, and pushing, you know, pushing the limits a little bit. What are your top three to five exercises uh, or exercise health or suggestion that you might make from your back back in motion, um, you know, uh, strategies? Well, the first one I would say to people is um, aspire for life fitness. And life fitness is, is something I define in the book as really just being fitness to do what is important to you in a normal day and still having enough energy left over for recreation. And, and that's going to be very different for everybody, but it means we can then build an exercise regime or a physical activity schedule that is totally suited to them. And, and so life fitness, life fitness is far more important than being able to run a 10K marathon. Um, because it's absolutely suited to their life. And, and then you can extend and progress that, challenge them as they uh, start to achieve some results there. The second thing I'd probably say about exercise is to make it a lifelong adventure. It's got to be fun and it's got to be probably, for most people, social. And it certainly has to have some diversity in it. So the, the notion of it just being hard work and, and, you know, like I said before, just hard discipline can be a real turnoff for people. So the other thing I would say is, you know, mix your routines up. Uh, don't be afraid to do some things, you know, some different activities. And, uh, and if all of a sudden it doesn't get called exercise anymore, but it's just a fun day out with the family, playing some sport with friends or doing some physical activity, um, then, then that's great if we've tricked the mind into um, making that a more accessible lifestyle habit sure and then i guess the, it, yeah sorry jace it kind of sounds like you're uh, you're talking maybe a little bit that like that's the swap it campaign that maybe um the government brought out a couple of years ago where they're talking about you know swapping sitting down for just getting out and moving around a little bit is that kind of where you're going you're just trying to get people moving just just get moving that's the kind of the theme that you're saying there it, it's a good summary for the book just get moving and yeah. um I, I think it might even be the opening line of the book uh, you know, it's something like moving is important. Moving well is even more important. And um, at the end of the day, moving well means people are obviously going to be living better. And yeah. we know it's never going to be that simple. We know it's going to rely on a whole lot of other integrated factors to, to sustain that and get the result. But 
at the end of the day, guys, it is what it is, it is what it is about, and that is core to the heart of physiotherapy. I mean, we are experts in human movement. We we are totally turned on by helping people overcome movement disorders. And yeah. so it could be just as simple as getting people to move more and where they can't move well, help them to do so. For sure, that's nice. And what you, you're about to go into your third tip there. Sorry to cut you off, Jace. What, what would be a third tip for uh, for getting people, you know, going, you know, something that they could really sink their teeth into after listening to this and after buying your book? Well, well, a really, a really uh, practical suggestion would be uh, to do some core stability exercise. And of course, there's probably as many routines and, and uh, uh, options out there as to how you could achieve that as there are people's interests. But um, core stability or core, uh, core exercise is really now what we would consider the most evidence-based approach to the management of back pain. In, in decades gone by, we would see recurring problems with people who had either prolapsed discs or just had postural dysfunction. And uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the converted in the three of you, but for the, the wider listeners to understand that um, getting better control of that trunk region from the neck to the waist uh, is just so fundamental to postural stability and therefore long-term physical health that it has to be, it has to be a part of everyone's exercise uh, routine. So, so Jason, can we can we give some specific examples for our fans there? Like, what does that actually look like? Like, what, what sort of exercises are you likely to recommend for people to actually increase their core stability? Well, look, I would start a, a patient who's had zero experience with these types of routines before. I would start them in in just what we would call a simple crook lying position. So, having them lying on their back with their knees gently uh, bent and their feet resting on the floor, and I would be getting them to just gently tuck their uh, their, their belly button in and upward toward their nose and maybe hold that for five to ten seconds, possibly ten reps in, in, in a sitting. And uh, interestingly, that could, be a, you know, that could be a pretty difficult starting point for some, particularly if there has been a history of back pain. But to progress that on really quickly, I, I am actually a, a huge advocate for the physio ball, uh, the orb ball, um, which you know has its has its uh, limitations, but I think it's what's it that creates... ball? What's what's that ball you're talking about, mate? The, the, the physio ball, which would which would just be those large um, inflatables that people are now oh, like an exercise ball, exercise yeah, ball. yeah, yeah they've gotcha. been exercising for for twenty years now. But if if we can be more intentional with the way people are using those, then clearly we can get a a, a whole lot of diversity in their core routines right down to the point of, of using it as some ergonomic furniture to ensure that no one is actually ever sitting statically, then that can be a, a great help as well. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I, um, I, I love the use of the, uh, the exercise balls. We use them in our practice, actually, just as we're, you know, instead of sitting on chairs, we, we use those all the time. So they're a great thing. And many people might not know, but it is important to get a good quality one of those because some of them could pop. And, uh, and that can be even more disastrous. So make sure you get yourself a really good one. Are there any particular brands that you recommend there, Jason? Oh, look, I, I wouldn't give a brand out tonight. Um, however, I'm, I'm more than happy on our website. We have a, a number of brands that we uh, we would recommend through there. But but I concur. I mean, it needs to be an anti-burst quality. Anti-burst, yeah. it, it needs it needs to be rated, in my opinion, to um, 500 kilograms, which clearly most of our patients are not going to exceed. But when you actually add the dynamic component to exercise, then you are 
very quickly uh, increasing the, the amplitude of force going through those balls. And you sure. want them to stay in shape. Uh, the moment they don't stay in yes, shape, right. you're going to lose your... Um, <laughs> your benefits so That's jason right. uh, a couple of things too as well like, i mean a lot of our listeners are actually pretty i would imagine they're actually you know quite advanced in terms of their exercise routine they're actually been you know listening to our show has been talking about how to you know push your body to you know not to the limits but actually pushing your body harder so you're giving them some really good basic exercises there for someone who doesn't move at all but what about for the people who are actually you know that are you know really into exercises already what are some of the you know higher level exercise movements that they should consider doing to kind of get some core stability and working on those muscles you're talking about? So some of the more advanced favorites uh, using the uh, the physio or exercise ball for core stability would include what we call wheelbarrows, which is where you are, uh, where you are positioned with your stomach initially on the ball, and then you walk your hands forward so that your feet are in fact the only part of your body supported on the apex of the ball. And in that position, you are trying to hold a neutral spinal posture. It's like planking, but with your feet as the only point of support and on the ball and your hands on the ground. And, and there are so many variations of that to, uh, to really progress it. You could go single leg off that. You could go two legs, but single hand. Uh, and you can hold for longer durations. And then the other thing that I would say is to, uh, for the really advanced uh, users of the ball and, and those people who are fairly well conditioned in the core already is to start taking it functionally. And so, you know, we would do running uh, drills, sprints, interval training. We would do all sorts of um, uh, more resistance workouts, like in a CrossFit type environment where we are really putting uh, the core technique to the test and holding that in positions of, um, of challenge. And that, that can be any number of situations, but the advanced the advanced athletes are really going to be pushed in those functional situations. Yeah, now, now we're talking, mate. We're getting into some more, some more functional stuff. We like the sound of that. And uh, so, you know, for those people wanting to push it there, I mean, how does the fitball, you know, fit into a functional exercise routine? I mean, I, I always like to sort of think of a functional exercise routine of, you know, getting back to what we, our bodies are designed to do, getting back to sort of more primal movements. Um, and obviously, we didn't have fitballs back then. So, so how does that fit into those sort of more primal movement patterns? Well, I think you're going to use the, the physio ball more in those early stages of developing a, a, a base technique to, the, to, to contract the core. You're going to use it for stimulation of the, the intrinsic muscles. And then you're probably going to rely less and less on the ball. And, and as, as, we're, as we're talking about, you're going to move into more whole of body movements of which are closely related to your sport of choice or are definitely going to be just more activities of daily living. So the ball becomes less and less relevant the more advanced you get with core control and uh, probably then just becomes a nice piece of ergonomic furniture in the study at home. Uh, I know what you're going to do. Brett, you'll be uh, balancing on uh, boulders and, and lifting rocks, I'm sure, doing handstands on them. That's what I know you'd be doing. Uh, listen, Jason, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to know more about Jason, you can go to his website, uh, which is backinmotion.com.au. And uh, also to find out a little bit more about his book, uh, you can go to getyourselfbackinmotion.com.au. Jason, thank you so much for uh, being part of the show. And uh, thanks you for you know shedding your insights on physiotherapy but it's also your point of view from a physiotherapist's point of view on how to um, get some functional movement back into your life 
Thanks for the invitation, gentlemen. Have a, have a great evening. As always, guys, go to thewellnesscoach.com. Love to hear your feedback on this. And uh, make sure you go to our Facebook page, which is basically facebook.com slash thewellnesscouch or thewellnessguys. And tell us what you think about Jason and also um, his book and his thoughts about movement. As And also, too, we love for you to go to iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to us. And uh, you know how Damien loves his five-star ratings, and we love it, too. And make sure you give us a comment and uh, let us know how we're doing as well. So until next week, guys, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. Hi, Brett Hill from That Paleo Show and The Wellness Guys here. Well, the Facebook buzz after the Wellness Summit has just been unbelievable. Deborah said the summit was inspiring and empowering. Jen Fellows said she learned so much amazing information that she thought her brain was going to explode. Well, hold on to your hat, because if you miss the summit, guess what? We recorded the entire lot so that you can have the summit in your living room forever. So to order the Wellness Summit 10 DVD home study program for just 197 bucks, simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.